So in hypothetical land, if we could get rid of the things that are keeping it bad, it would be good. Yes. Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 262. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Perlman, and I am joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by the one and only Samantha Har. That's me! And after the last two rules-intensive, or actually the last three, because we, we had the missed episode, uh, we've decided to do something a little a little light here. Sam, what are we, we going to do this episode? So this episode, um, we have decided that we are going to be ranking the infractions. We're, we're going through the IPG this episode. We're taking a look at what all is there and giving our our intense opinions on... Not, not even opinions, facts. Our, our opinions have become facts here. The, we know what is correct. We know what is good. We're going to give all of the infractions rankings based on how good we think the infractions are. Right. I've seen lots of podcasts where people like put commanders in tiers or D&D classes or your favorite plants versus zombies plant. We all know that the cat of nine tails is S tier or the lily cat or whatever. The one that little Maybe. shoots the little spiky things. That's S tier, clearly. So we're going to go over all of the infractions in probably more detail than they deserve, and we're going to assign them one of five rankings. S tier, which is the, the god tier for ranking. A tier, which is, you know, is excellent. It's an excellent awesome. infraction. Uh, B tier is, it's good. C is, it, it does it's, it's okay. And then D is, it's an awful infraction. And these are opinions please don't take it as like judge cast said this infraction is d tier so you should take it exactly that way because we are about to <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna argue like this is like this is whether or not you put on pants first and then socks or socks then pants this is very important very serious right. absolutely take us at our word so nothing how, we say is wrong okay so how are we going to come up with these these highly scientific and and, and incredibly objective rankings all right, our incredibly objective rankings. We have some grading criteria spelled out here. Um, first up, we have how well the policy is written slash understandable to judges. Then we have how well the policy can be explained to players. When they screw up and we're explaining the ruling, can we do a good job doing it? It's fair. Fair enough. Um, how well it's applied in events. Because, uh, you know, the infractions have to be usable, have to be used to be good. Um, how well the infraction does what it's supposed to do. And then lastly, we have how well the infraction corrects the problem. All right. So clear as mud with our super soft grading criteria. We're total vibes. All right. Grading on vibes. Okay. So let's, let's start with the gameplay errors. Doing these in alphabetical order, as opposed to the order they appear in the IPG. What's up? What's up first? Up first, we have failure to maintain game state, and we're, we're going to give you our rankings, our, our tiers at the end, because we were saying we want to build suspense. Yeah. So this infraction does a lot of work. It's what lets us enforce the whole both players are responsible for the game state philosophy of magic. You were saying that, that you think it's hard to explain to players, and I, I think that can be true, that they, they sometimes feel like they're being punished for something their opponents do. Mm-hmm. Um... But then we, I think you and I sort of disagreed on, or, or had had different experiences based on how this penalty is issued and how we've seen this penalty issued as well. Okay. 
So let's 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 argue. Oh, are we gonna fight? Okay. Yeah, let's fight. Well, so <laughs> I don't know that we need to fight on this one. I, I so when I was training as a you know brand new shiny new L one baby, I was told that you never give out failure to maintain game state unless it is in conjunction with someone else's GRV. That you either give a double GRV or a GRV and a failure to maintain, but that there was no other reason to ever give out a failure to maintain. And I have always just taken that as gospel. And I I agree that if you are if you're being taught the infractions straight up, then that's that's the approach. Like if you're if you're teaching failure to maintain game state, that is how you teach it. However, when I'm talking to L1s, new L1s, and this has been over over the years, when you pose a particular rules problem and you ask, it's like, okay, here's a rule situation that occurred during a tournament um, where someone broke the rule. What's the infraction penalty fix? And a lot of times, uh, new judges tend to say, ah, it's failure to maintain game state because it's it sounds like... It's A, it's an infraction that they've heard before, and B, it kind of sounds like what it is. It's like you tapped the wrong mana to cast a spell. You didn't maintain the game state. Okay. <laughs> Failure so, to maintain your judge right. certification with that weak answer. <laughs> but that's that's the thing. Like, So the, the, name, the name is a little awkward. And uh, the initial point was it's kind of hard to explain to players sometimes why they got a, G, uh, a failure to maintain game state. Like if you and I are playing in a game, and I make a mistake. I attack with a creature that's not supposed to attack. And you take damage. And then I pass the turn. And then while you're figuring out combat, you're like, hey, you weren't supposed to be able to attack with that. And you call a judge. That judge is going to give me a GRV, but is also going to give you a failure to maintain game state. And if you're new to tournament magic, that doesn't feel right. I'm getting a penalty for something my opponent did. That's not cool. Now, that's why we don't upgrade G, uh, failure to maintain game states because, you know, you don't have a whole lot of control over that, over what your opponents screw up. But it doesn't feel good and trying to explain to the player, you're giving, a, I'm giving you a warning, but it's no big deal, but it's still a warning. But other warnings are big deals, but this one's not a big deal because it doesn't upgrade because... Then I was like, well, then why are you giving it to me? And you, you kind of, you can get into a big philosophical discussion. See, I just don't. I just tell them like, I, I, I think I usually pose this more of like, a, this is just for record keeping. Yeah, I, I think, I think it should get a little bit of ding because it's hard to explain. It's got a name that when judges are just learning, are learning kind of on their own, they might misassign this penalty or confuse this penalty with another one. And that 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 makes more sense about why why you list paperwork as a as a ding to this one because paperwork for me on this is always write down the GRV and then just put an arrow just write a, the little double ha, little hash mark there to be like yeah that that but again <laughs> sure but you got you still got to write out the player's name and the uh, the infraction and then put the arrow pointing to the other thing I just it's just a pain in the butt to like write it twice. Oh, one one thing I, I to be to be completely fair though, stuff like this is one of the reasons I don't play competitive magic because I don't know what's going on ever. I just tune out and just wait for my opponent to tell me they're done. So if you know, they may be over there just infracting left and right and I probably will not even notice. And I will get infracted left and right probably because of that. So <laughs> so I shan't. I I don't play competitive magic for reasons like that. So 
So for for you know, in all fairness, yeah, it's it's only okay. So what what grade are we giving it, Pearl? Uh, I'm thinking a C. It's it's okay. Failure to maintain game yeah, say it's right. just okay. Plus, we're starting the beginning. We got to give ourselves room to grow. If we came out of here with this as like a B or an A, like what are we going to step up to, right? Where are we going from here? Yeah, failure yeah. to maintain game state, eh. Yeah. Also, failure to maintain game state is kind of dependent on our next infraction, which is the game rule violation. Game rule violation. Yep. So this this violation uh, is kind of the generic catch-all for all the other game players. If it's not... Hidden card error, looking at extra cards, miss trigger, failure to maintain. If it's not none of those other things, game rule violation is the catch-all. It's the the grease trap, or it's the pee trap at the bottom of the sink. Yeah, that that I think that's a super fair assessment, and it, it surprised me when you said that that new judges tend to use failure as the catch-all because GRV is my catch-all. I I just assume that chances are it's a it's a GRV. Uh, yes. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying most. I'm just saying that that some number, but. Now, GRV is pretty easy to come up with. It's it's probably a GRV. Whatever the problem is, it's probably a GRV. So it allows for simple backups. It's got five partial fixes that have varying levels of esotericness, like creatures That's disappear. That's a little complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it's also got, it's one of the, the big infractions that you would do a rewind for, CPV or PCV or whatever it's called now, um, is the other one that, that can have a, a rewind often, which is kind of cool, but also kind of not, because you can run into situations where, like, it doesn't feel good to leave the game as it is, but it doesn't, but rewinding just kind of sucks too. The more intense the players are, the more, like, nervous everyone is, the more rewinding feels like you're diffusing a bomb. Like, just <laughs> cut the exact wire. Like, don't touch that card. Gingerly so, place it back. <laughs> like, so many, many years ago, I was the head judge for one of the SCG events, and there was a call in the quarterfinals. The players misremembered when they were describing the course of action. The course of action they both misremembered the play or like the, oh. the order of sequences like they left the land drop out both of them and they i mean they confirmed what both of them agreed on what happened so when we started to rewind suddenly like uh the guy who's doing text coverage like so we're going through all the the steps to do the rewind and then suddenly he's like hold on so yeah rewinds can be can definitely be messy and this was on camera too so yay oh boy yeah it was great great fun yeah, I think we were saying the uh, the rules around when to give GRV and failure versus double GRV are a bit hand wavy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like how how bad did the other person mess up? Well, it says if they just didn't if they just didn't notice someone messed up, then it's failure. If they they also messed up, then it's double GRV. So the the case is so if a game has proceeded past a point where an opponent could reasonably expect it to notice the error, the the opponent the opponent has also committed an infraction. Uh, in most cases, the infraction is gameplay error, failure to maintain game state, which we we just gave a C. However, if the judge believes that both players were responsible for the game rule violation such as due to the opponent controlling the continuous effect, modifying the rules of the game that led to the game rule violation. See, there you go. Everybody's okay. the problem. So Everyone gets the GRVs. Right. So if I control an effect that says creatures can't attack, and then Sama attacks me, right? She, commi she committed the error because she attacked me, but... I have a permanent that's generating a continuous effect that's, that's created the situation. So I'm also to blame. 
Now, what's what's funny about this particular thing is to when to give the double GRV versus when to give failure to maintain game state. This went through a lot of revisions where it's like there's a precise wording in the in the infraction, and then people were like, "Okay, well, what about these other cases?" And then you, uh, Toby would change the wording, and they're like, "Oh, well, then you changed the wording, so you broke these other cases." So like he kept fiddling with the wording, and then eventually he was just like, "Ass, screw it." So it's just if the judge feels that both players should get GRV, then both players get GRV. So it's a little wishy-washy. Yeah, look, look deep down within your heart and ask yourself, am I irritated at both these people? In which case, give them the oh, double GRV. Oh, I'd GRV. never stop giving double GRVs. That... <laughs> right, we'd be doing that day and night. <laughs> yeah, call me over for an Oracle text ruling. I'd be like, oh, double GRV. <laughs> Except that player gets yeah, both. <laughs> yeah, we're just upgrading straight up. <laughs> Okay, but but still, GRV, for being a catch-all, it's a frequently used interaction. It is pretty versatile. The partial fixes allow you to kind of circumvent the, the having to rewind rule. So it's a little complicated, but it does it does good work, and it's probably one of the more frequent infractions. So what should we give this one? Useful, but a little bit complicated. Um, I think we're giving a this B? one a B. So that's good. It's good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Little gripes, but overall, pretty pretty good quality. Cool. Okay, next one. So next one, next one, we might actually have to go fisticuffs okay. about. <laughs> All right. So walk me walk me through this one then. Okay, hidden card error. See, I don't I don't remember a time where I wasn't doing you know higher level events at at a time before this existed. So I don't remember a time without it. I was taught this way. I don't think it's that complicated. I don't understand. I I love this penalty, and I don't understand why other people have such problems with it. Okay. So, all right. Uh, and that's how I feel about it. The, <laughs> so there. Counter argument. If you're trying to learn this particular infraction, Hidden Card Error, hope you like flowcharts. Because it's a whole bunch of, like, if-then-else computer program type statements. There have been conference presentations with the the flowcharts and it makes chains of mephistopheles look s- simple oh my god dramatic that's so dramatic this is the hidden card error of mephistopheles <laughs> okay it's and i i put the comment so this is kind of funny that we're disagreeing my comment was is it's all oh, this is, it's hard to teach it's great for judges that like to yolo things it is one of these things that, that once you grok it i think that when you start off learning it, it seems really, really simple because it's just, oh, you just, it's thoughtsies. Okay. But then when you start looking at all the cases, all the if then, if then else statements, it really kind of falls like your understanding of it and your confidence in it, like really, really drops off and it starts to become confusing. And then you kind of climb out of the trench. Like once you grok it and really internalize it, you, you shoot back up in your understanding of it. So you kind of make this wave. Of, of understanding where you go from like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it to, I don't understand this thing at all, to, oh, yeah, I got it again. But you reach some sort of like nirvana understanding, just peace, inner peace. It's still, when we were doing big events, okay, like if I'm giving someone a GRV or if I'm, uh, if I'm giving someone looking at extra cards or a mistrigger ruling, I am not told by the TO and the head judge to go ask for help. Like, well, I don't think you should be for hidden card error either. It's and but the reason if people are doing it wrong that much, yes. make them be better. No, it's because it's hard to learn. 
Okay, okay. Like, this is surprising to come from a Florida judge. When Florida judges back in the day got rulings and stuff wrong, you told them to go get it right. Yeah, well, <laughs> you made them learn it. I, you're right. So and, learn it. And so the judges that I work with, I make them learn it. But then, like, the judges out in, like, I'll say the USA East, I can't fix them. I just have to acknowledge, and I'm not picking on that region specifically. I just gotta. Dang, shots fired. Right. But here, here's the thing. The the reason why that penalty, even after three years, we still tell people check with someone else is because people get it wrong and applying the fix incorrectly or prematurely can be really bad and disastrous. Like it's not. That is true. It's not, that is true. It's not game loss. Bad. It's not like incorrectly giving a game loss to someone bad. But revealing your hand to somebody and then letting them pick a card, it's its absolutely awful to, like, when they reveal their hand and then you go, and now the opponent gets to pick a card and you have to shuffle that away. And they're like, wait, what? You know, that's... Okay, well, th- this is another point that, that yeah, I, I think we disagree on mostly because of just our experience with it. I always, always, always explain what's about to happen before it happens because I don't want to see that horrified look on the players' faces. If you just start walking them through and they don't know what's about to happen, oh my gosh. You haven't had to take an appeal where that's the situation that you're walking into, which is the player appealed in the middle of having the fix, in the middle of being walked through the fix for hidden card error. Where, well, what does he want? To, what What does this person want you to do at this point? Make their opponent unsee the cards? I mean, that's. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, I have to. I have, make them unsee the hand. I have to eat a, a D tier uh, penalty and apologize, which is which is where I'm putting hidden card error at. It's hard to understand. It's three years, four years later. We're still we're still having to babysit judges over it. It doesn't happen super, super frequently enough that that they get a lot of reps to understand it. The name is weird. (laughs) The name is accurate. Okay, I give hidden card error an S because I think it rules. If you don't understand it, go learn about it. Get good. I mean, you you can make an argument. So the old drawing extra cards was S tier. Okay, because the fix to that because the fix to that was just game loss. See that rule. Every problem, like there's there, every problem solved. Game loss. See, that's how I think we should just approach all these things, which game loss. apparently makes me just a tyrant. But all right. Anyway, so so now we have up next looking at extra cards, which you don't get more straightforward than this penalty. No, you really don't. You looked at extra cards. You get a looking at extra cards. Um, shuffle the random part away. I, I've never had anybody give me trouble over this one. No, flexible too. Like you're shuffling your opponent's deck and a card flips over. Uh Uh-oh, I looked at extra cards. I went to draw two cards and an extra card flipped over. Uh Uh-oh, looking at extra cards. It's And the fix is, well, we're just going to shuffle that card. Did anybody know what that card was? No? Okay, we're going to shuffle that card away. Make it go away. So I think think you and I pretty hardcore agree that this one is an S. This is a well done, well done infraction. It is the pinnacle of IPG penalties. All, all of their penalties should aspire to be looking at extra cards. If only everything could be so straightforward and just agreeable. Yes. All right. Speaking of straightforward, let's talk about mm. missed triggers. All right. So I was dinging hidden card error for its complexity, but I think its complexity, the, the, the complexity is more clearly understandable for missed trigger. 
they give you like four bullets for the definition. Like what constitutes missing a trigger? They give you four bullets. And then and then when it comes time to to fix the hidden card error, they give you four bullets. Okay. Gives the opponent the choice. If you miss a trigger, do you want the trigger to happen, opponent? And usually they say no. <laughs> and and there you go. That's the penalty. Because most the vast majority of triggers are good triggers or triggers that you are you're playing the card for those triggers. So you, the penalty is you just don't get that thing. And it's really easy to understand. You missed it. You don't get it. Okay. There's a cleverness about separating the penalty from the, the, the infraction from the penalty and just saying like in certain cases there's, there's no infraction because missed triggers happen all the time. All the time. And then here, here's the really beautiful thing about missed, the missed trigger policy. If someone misses their trigger and, like, the judge accidentally steps in and is like, hey, that trigger should have happened when they were really just supposed to kind of let it go because it wasn't detrimental or anything, the result is a more correct game of magic is being played. Like, you you, you stepped in to be like, hey, that trigger should have happened, and it wasn't it wasn't an actual detrimental penalty. But now that that player knows that, that their trigger is going on, well, for the rest of the turns, that trigger is going to happen. That's actually a more correct game of magic being played. Right, the opponent was is that's pretty stellar. Yeah, we we don't often oops ourselves into a better game state than we arrived right. at. Now the opponent's not going to be happy because they're going to be like, oh, well, I was you know basing my strategy around them forgetting their trigger. That's not a strategy, you know. You can't you can't bank on that trigger being forgotten every turn. That's not a that's not a right. Don't that's not a right. Don't be a bum. Yeah. So and also the uh, it's it's really hard to upgrade upgrade this penalty. Yeah. With a, with a ton of the triggers in the game, this is one of the things, like, like we reworked this trigger because Wizards was printing so many triggers on cards and so many things that were happening that players were game-lossing themselves with upgrade paths for Miss Trigger. And this doesn't do that. It, it, it provides just the right amount of oversight. It's a little hard to learn, which is, I think, what keeps it out of, like, the tippy-top tier, but... No, I think that's true. Yeah, I think it's just a little too complicated for me to want to give it full marks. But but overall, yeah, it does a lot of heavy lifting. Um, And while typically my thought is to just severely penalize everything and not worry about it, this one I think does handle the situation pretty elegantly given how easy and frequently, how easy it is to miss a trigger and how frequently it occurs. I, I, yep. I think it's fair. I think it's yep. pretty fair. Easy to understand. Uh, in terms of the player, like you can explain it to them really easy and they're going to super accept it. So what do we give this one? Uh, I think we're giving this one an A. Not quite an S, but but definitely pretty good. Yep. Pretty good. Next up, we have one that I have never in my life used, which is Mulligan Procedure Error. <laughs> and it was funny, before, this ep- before we started uh, recording this episode, I had to be reminded how mulligans even work now. I feel like it just keeps changing. I don't know what's going it's been, on. We've we've had a lot of skills atrophy, so it's kind of good to to go over these o- again. See, I I think the last time I I remember actually reading about mulligans was when we were still like seven cards, then you draw six cards, then you draw five cards, and that's yeah. that on that. And then there were scries, and now they're put things on bottom. It's oh my gosh, but theoretically, it is creating a better more fun game. So I, I, I can agree with the changes. I just need to keep up with them. Okay. But but Mulligan Procedure Error is pretty easy to understand, pretty easy to fix, pretty easy to explain. There's there's a fairly limited window within which you can use it before it becomes a hidden card error. 
the mulligan procedure error is typically something along the lines of you draw because the the way the mulligans work is you draw seven cards this is like your second mulligan then you're going to take two of those cards and put them on the bottom so the places that you can mess up is you draw six cards or you draw eight cards and then you put the wrong number of cards on the bottom like those are really the two places that you can mess up and if you do mess up in either one of those places then we're just going to mulligan again right let's do it again so forced mull super 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 straightforward however where Samuel was talking about the expiration date, once you start playing the game, we can't have you, you know, you can't be like, land, go, and then, oh, I've got too many cards, I'm going to mulligan. <laughs> that ship has sailed, my friends. Yes. Imagine being halfway into a game and being like, oh, nope, you know what, I need to mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope, nope, it's time. You know, I'm just going to throw all these bad cards, these these four bad cards away and draw three cards and hope, hope they're better. Yep. You save up, you, you save, save up that mulligan. mulligan error for later. <laughs> That's called cheating. Oh, all right. All right. So what do you think we give it? Um, so it's, it doesn't, it doesn't happen all that much, especially now with the new mulligan. So I'd say, I'd say B, it's good. It's, it's short, sweet to the point. It's got a little bit of a neat interaction. Yeah, it's fine. I don't get to see it. It didn't come come hang out enough. Like, we don't see it enough. But yeah, it's fine. Yeah, next up we have communication policy violation. Um, violation of the communication policy described in the MTR. Yep. Actually, actually got renamed because judges used it anytime players yeah. didn't talk. Yeah, so it what? used to be a player communication violation, a PCV. And... What happened was, is because it was a player communication violation, it was just kind of like a go-to, like, anytime players talked to each other and there was a problem, judges would want to assign the player communication violation because it was a problem with player communicate. The problem was player communication. So that kind of gave rise to the, it's not PCV, a meme. You know, like, I don't know if you ever heard, like, it's not CPV. Yeah, I have okay. heard that. I, I don't know that I've ever actually given out this penalty. Given out this infraction. Right. So this is so the reason why it was changed to the communication policy violation was to point you to you are violating the communication policy, which means you got to go to another document and you got to read about you know derived and free and status information, all that good stuff. Right. It's it's also it allows backups, so it's kind of cool because you're allowed to do backups for this one also, but the backup is to the point where you took action on the bad information given from, from your opponent. In GRV, you rewind to the point of the error. In CPV, you rewind to the point that someone acted on the bad information. Kind of neat. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense because, I mean, information can be given for things that don't happen, that nobody acts on until much later, and we don't want to yeah. rewind through three turns for... Yep, but it can still it can still be occasionally, you know, players... Or, or judges might try and turn a what's actually a GRV into they might kind of like tw try and twist it into a communication policy violation. So there's still a little bit of that. It's not CPV meme. Uh, yeah, I think I was I was kind of always told like if you think it's communication policy violation, think again. It's probably something yeah. else. So and there there are probably examples that are a little more ambiguous. Your your example there makes a ton of sense in that. Yeah, that seems very textbook right to the point. I, I wonder, like, how the sort of in the middle, what kind of in the middle examples there might be. So tell us some of yours, audience. 
All right. So what do we give this one? Um, I think we're giving this one a C because yeah. it's, it's just it's okay. I don't use it. People complain about it. Yeah. Yeah. CPV sounds like something you would need to go to the doctor about. It does, doesn't it? You get a, sounds like something you need to get a cream for. Yeah, it does. So anyway, the next two are um, ones that I personally struggle with. Kind of the opposite of, of Hidden Card Air for me is I remember before these two were split. So now that they are split, I'm I'm just ever more confused about which, which is what, what is which. Um, so let's start with deck list problem and follow it up with deck problem. So deck list problem. So here we have paperwork that can cause a penalty. Yeah. Ugh. Um, it is a pretty simple penalty. Um, so here's, yeah. So it, this has language where if it's, if it, if it's obvious, then it's not a penalty, which makes it really challenging for me because I, I, I don't know that we all have the same idea about what obvious is or not, especially based on sort of what metagame stuff people are familiar with. Let's, let's back up and, and explain. So the deck, the deck list problem is when the what is written on your the deck list that you submitted at the beginning of the tournament does not match what you intend to intended to play. So if you switch the numbers like you you write down three of one card and four of another when it really should be four of one card and three of another. Okay. That's that's the deck list problem. So so writing things down the the problem occurred in the writing down of things. What do you when you want to talk about like the if it's obvious not a penalty thing if you want to go into that Sure. So, yeah, I, I don't like the the idea of if it's obvious, then it's not a penalty because I I don't know what is obvious. What what is obvious to me may not be obvious to someone else, or vice versa. Um, how familiar any particular judge is with a specific metagame? Yeah, and I don't. In, in obvious, you're talking about if someone writes down a truncated or slightly wrong card. Right. Borborygmos right. is the very popular example of this, where. Just Borborygmos is a card that apparently at, at whatever time this came up, no one was really playing, but there was a Borborygmos um Enraged. Un- enraged, that's it. It's like unchained. I don't I don't know. Um there's a different Borborygmos that, you know, so if you if you just write Borborygmos and both Borborygmoses are legal in the format, well you've you've made you you've written down the name of a legal card. But if you intended to play the enraged version you know you're, you're relying on the judge to be familiar enough with your deck in the metagame to be like oh well clearly it's meant to be this borborygmos is it clear i don't know if you have to go look it's not obvious like if you have to go like i think it's urborg tomb of yogmoth let me go look if you have to go look it's not obvious enough to trigger the the obviousness clause if they if they write down something wrong okay but what it does do is is it suddenly introduces the the judge's familiarity into the format into whether or not they get a game loss penalty, which is kind of not cool. Right. The the severity of a penalty, depending on whether a judge is familiar with a, a deck or, an, or a format, is really problematic in a lot of ways, I think. But right. it's now, tricky. That's tough. Right, and at the, at the same time, though, I think you should you should err on the side of well, they didn't they didn't write the the thing down. I mean, like they they had days to do it, 
And this is getting less and less of a problem. That specific thing is getting less and less of a problem with online deck submissions. Oh, that, isn't that, isn't that a blessing? God, I, I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Now, if someone writes down like a BOP, they're playing a green deck and they write down BOP. I'm probably going to be oh, like, okay, Birds that's of Birds, of, Birds of Paradise. Yeah. You know, it's not obvious, but it is. So, uh, well, but, I, I, God, handwritten deck lists, you just find the most interesting things. One that I think about to this day is somebody was playing, I think, Engineered Explosives, and what they wrote on their deck list was Explosive Engineismo. I don't know why, but that on God is what it said on that deck list. And, you know, is it obvious? It, it was. But <laughs> there, uh, we spent a whole lot of time talking about deck list problems. Um, they are, they are important because deck lists are the record of what is being played in the tournament and it's to help ensure that you don't change your deck throughout the course of the tournament. So, um, this, this penalty is straightforward. It's a, it's a game loss. Seems, it seems kind of severe, but we've got to keep a record of these things to, to help maintain integrity. Right. Got to keep the record straight. So I, I think we both appreciate sort of what this penalty is trying to accomplish, so I think we're giving it a B. Yeah, I think I think it'd be you could you could make an argument for a C because it it takes a long time to fix. Like any of these things that you you catch in a deck check take a long time. So it wouldn't wouldn't behoove you a C. Fair enough. All right. So what's what's the next one? Next we have decklist problems evil twin deck problem. It's got the goatee. Yeah. Funny mustache. The hat. Um all right, so this is another infraction with a flowchart type fix. Uh, it requires a whole paragraph just for companion. Oh my god, it does too. Three separate upgrade paths. One upgrade path has a downgrade in it. Used to be a game loss, now a warning. Oh my god, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, grief. All right, so the justification for the warning relies too heavily on judges' ability to investigate for cheating. Hmm. This right here, so this used to be a game loss, straight up. Right. Okay. Which I still agree with, uh, for the record. Yeah. So what they, what they were able to do is they were saying, well, so it was a game loss to kind of to prevent people from trying to cheat on purpose and then just lie to the judge, right? So, like, if you get caught doing this thing, even if you're able to, like, successfully lie to the judge, you're still going to get a game loss. So the advantage in trying if you get caught is still going to be a penalty of a game loss the advantage of trying that didn't make a whole lot of sense um the penalty for just the casual oops i did it kind of disincentivized people from trying or was supposed to so what they what they looked at it is is like eh well if the if the player like calls it on themselves and they point it out then it's really not that big of an advantage and if they're actually you know we can fix that by having the opponent choose the cards and, and do the do the swap with the stuff on their sideboard so we can we can mitigate that advantage and if they're cheating then the judge is just doing the investigation for cheating anyway and i'll dq them so this this particular infraction they did kind of soften it a little bit uh they they softened it because of their reliance on the judge's ability to investigate for cheating in this particular situation, which I, I kind of mm. don't like. I don't love. But at the same time, players were messing this up all the time. Like the number of times you would do a deck check and you just find somebody forgot to de-sideboard or you'd get called over and someone someone drew a sideboard card in their opening hand. It was a lot. 
See, I, I struggle. I struggle to justify for myself. Like we should soften this penalty because it happens. Like. So don't do it. Well, <laughs> so don't do that thing anymore. Like, that's the point of the penalty. I think what was happening was is just so many people were getting game losses. There was kind of like this public outcry. And, you know. They should all public it takes outcry is, at themselves for not doing the right thing. All it, ha- all it takes is a few times for a game loss to occur on camera and people to complain on Reddit. And then the policy, and then it becomes a, a, a warning somehow. Anything that Reddit wants to complain about, I'm just going to do more. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> this has this is another penalty that's that's kind of flowcharty. Anything that's got a whole paragraph dedicated just for companion is obnoxious. So I think we gotta we gotta ding it a little bit. Where Declan's problem was a B. This one has this one carries the companion paragraph penalty. <laughs> Gets a C for companion. <laughs> like I said, totally scientific study, right? completely right. accurate see this this probably would have gotten an a or an s if they were still one single penalty for deck and deckless problem together but we no longer live in that time so right. b and c it is yep okay so what's what's next next um god insufficient shuffling yeah so that that's a challenging one to enforce i feel like so it is hard to tell if it's actually happened unless you just are watching it you're sitting there just watching it happen <laughs> um it might be one of the most under assigned infractions like I'm, I'm sure it probably happens more than we actually infract for it but like ugh. yeah i feel like you have to like i feel like you have to really be doing the least for me to care enough to issue this penalty if i see you do one cut and then hand it over yeah well, you're you're getting you're getting the yeah, so you, you, you flip over your deck, you search for a land, you put it into play, you give your deck, like, uh, a single riffle shuffle and hand it to the opponent, you know, and the opponent, that should be insufficient shuffling right there, but if the opponent picks it up, shuffle, 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 gives it back, you know, there's probably not going to be any call there. Or if you are called and the opponent's like, you know, maybe they riffle shuffled twice, and the opponent's like, they only riffle shuffled once. And they're like, no, I riffle shuffled like three times. Like, both of them could be telling the truth from their perspective, right? I, I do feel like, yeah, I feel like maybe we ought to get a little more specificity here. Like, is three enough? Is four enough? Yeah, so you, but you don't want to give a hard number either. Why not? <laughs> maybe we ought to. Well, because if you say like Shuffle seven, seven times. Well, or do get I penalized. Gotta, if my library is like 10 cards, do I got to riffle shuffle seven times? Yes. No. Yes. No. Sufficient randomness. Yeah. The uh, the other thing is, <laughs> I'm going to penalize this one because we don't, we don't give it very often. Okay. We should give it more, but this thing can actually inspire conversations about pile shuffling or sorry, pile counting that... I, I'm just not ready for. I, I don't I don't want any of that. I haven't thought about pile shuffle counting shuffling in a minute. I remember that being a very hot topic for for a second and then just too much it like out. much like D twenties versus spin downs. Yeah. It's cause players don't wanna they were like, oh, I pile shuffle because it smooths out my draws and you're like, Well then that's cheating and they're like, Well that's Yeah, right. If you are if you are certain that's the case, that starts sounding a whole lot like cheating, friend. Right. It's like no, no, no! I shuffle my deck, so it's fine. It's fine. Well, if if you shuffle I just your deck, I shuffle enough... them into an into an order I want. Like, yeah. mm. yep. Mm. So, 
So insufficient shuffling gets a C. And and if you ever start a conversation about pile shuffling as a result of talking about insufficient shuffling, it becomes a D tier. Just don't want to just say no. You also get a D for bringing it up <laughs> if you do. Yes. On principle. Um, next up, we have limited procedure violation. This this used to be draft procedure violation, and then they changed, and it just dealt with draft, and then they added sealed stuff. Like if um, I think they added uh, when. I have my sealed pool and I give you my list and then you misregister cards. That was a, I think that was a draft, uh, a limited procedure violation on you because you misregistered stuff. Like after it was found, like I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember it was, it was several years ago. And then they were like, you know what? We're just going to take that stuff out. So they changed the name from draft procedure violation to limited procedure violation to cover uh, sealed stuff. And then they removed the sealed stuff and left the name the same. And it is still accurate. I mean, draft is still limited, but yeah, it it would seem to imply the scope of yeah. limited formats as opposed to a single limited so, format. So a limited a limited procedure violation because they're so rare. Um, what it is is it's it's a player commits. The definition is a player commits a technical error during a draft. So that's things like you try and pass the pack in the wrong direction, or in a time draft you take too much time to make your pick, or when you're doing like uh, zone drafting, you put the pack of cards on top of an already existing pack of cards, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, no. Right. Those are all things that, that are what covered. Now, this one, A, it, it doesn't come up very often. Okay. B, when it does, especially during like a, the timed draft at a GP, it sucks trying it sucks. to explain this infraction and fix it. In a way, because it's a time draft, and you got to get that table back in time with everyone else. You, so, giving this thing also means you might be running that timed draft locally, independent of the 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 big time draft that's going on. So, this one is you've just become a sovereign draft nation, right? So, it's super infrequent, and then when it does happen, you got to be Johnny on the spot. To get this thing going in a uh, timed draft. So I'm going to say C, just because of like the panic aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. If, if, I, have to, if I have to be the one to give this, explain it, and deal with it, I, I probably want to barf a little bit. So yeah. yeah. All right. C for barf. <laughs> yeah. C for barf. Kabarf. Barf. All right. Mark cards. All right. Next up, we have marked cards. Um, this, this infraction is fairly straightforward and it's one that i think comes up regularly enough it it's easy to explain the infraction um people understand generally when their their cards their sleeve there's their situation is marked in some way yeah you can show them that you can show them the back of the cards and be like look behold <laughs> behold behold a tear yeah yep. um Sleeves aren't opaque enough, I guess. Yeah. That's one that comes up fairly regularly. It is, and there's a lot of, like, eagle-eyed judges that can, like, spot that across the room, too. Like, they're, like, up on some sort of perch where, they, <laughs> where you can just be like, I see, I don't see a white dot on the back of that sleeve, and then they just swoop down. And I, yeah, I tend, to, I tend to find myself a little more skeptical of sleeves that are white or yellow or any any of the... The very lighter colors because, yeah, it's easy to see through them sometimes. Um, oh, and I, I think it's pretty fantastic that they've they've started making inner sleeves that have a, a darker side so you can... Yeah, the smoky. Yeah, it's kind of clever. 
but yeah, so easy to easy to fix, but yeah, keep an eye out for that. Generally, because it's easy to fix and, and easy to explain, I, I tend not to really mind giving out this infraction. What do you think? There is a point, like, if it's just dinged up a little bit, I'll probably suggest, you know, hey, try and use some sideboard cards, uh, or sideboard sleeves, rather. You know, if it's just, like, one or two sleeves that are that are bad, if it's more than that and the player has to replace the sleeves, then you gotta, after the match, you know, tell them, like, hey, you need to replace it, and they're gonna go and spend, like, ten dollars and and that's 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 not great but you got to go give them time and that's going to potentially delay the start of next round depending on when they finish or you might feel obligated to help them please help them so the like no suffer right you marked your cards now suffer (laughs) when you give them the marked cards just know that you're not going to be able to just walk away and then just trust everything's fine you're going to have to Give them a time extension next round if they're not able to resleeve their deck, or you're going to need to help them, or both. You say, may the odds be ever in your favor, and you moonwalk away. Yeah. Now, the fun is, because this is just a warning. Mark Cars is just a warning. Um, the upgrade, though, is if the head judge believes that the deck's owner noticing the pattern of markings would be able to gain substantial advantage from the knowledge, it gets upgraded to a game loss. So this this used to be marked cards, no pattern, marked cards, pattern. But now they're just smooshed into Did one. Did it really? I don't, I don't remember that. When was uh, that? Like a long time ago, like 10 <laughs> plus years ago. <laughs> yeah. So this will actually get people into like discussions about whether or not one is a pattern or not. And it can be. Yes. It can be. Okay. Because what happens is if I've got my pristine deck and I just ding like the corner of one card... I mean, well, then you know exactly what that card is. Pattern, right? Sure, Cheater. but if it's if it's a generic card, if it's a, a land, one of your twenty basics, then you're not going to be gaining substantial advantage from that knowledge, right? Brian would like everyone to know that basic lands have never helped anyone in a game of Magic: The I'm, Gathering. What I'm what I'm saying, or let's say there's three marked cards, okay, and one of them is a is a basic land. One of them is a dark confidant, and one of them is pick a random uh, red creature. Goblin guide. Goblin guide, sure. So is that is that a pattern? Especially if there four, like there's four uh, con- dark confidants, four goblin guides, and you know six well, no, of then, that forest. Then then you have three cards that are marked, and that's and they're they're unrelated. Therefore, it is no longer a pattern. But there was a window. In which one of those sleeves or cards was marked. Eh. And you better not let me catch you at that one. <laughs> eh. So just when you see Sama, just grab your deck and ding all the, you know, just smash one corner of all your cards really quick. Well, right. They, 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 if they're, they all better be pristine. Or once you get that first ding, you better start scuffing so, them up. So this is, this is the bad part of mark cards. Cause you get into this argument where, <laughs> that we're having right now. Cause I'm like, eh, if it's like a land, a ding on a land, I don't care. You're not going to get a substantial advantage from from that. If it's the one-of win condition in your deck, yeah, that absolutely would be substantial advantage. So I'm not not on board with one is always a pattern uh, uh, that gives a substantial advantage. So what do we want to give marked cards? Uh, I... 
I do like that it's easy. I like that it's easy to explain, but there is the point that you do have to more or less make people spend money with your infraction. So oh, I, th yeah. I think we're so that's downgrading it. <laughs> right? S tier from the point from the perspective of the vendors, but oh, maybe not. Yeah, the T from a TO perspective, this is S S plus. Right, right. They're like, oh, this is sweet. Let's give this out all the time. Um, your deck box is marked. Your, uh, your deck box is right. Your, it's all marked. You got Your play mat is marked. All of it's marked. Got to go get it replaced. Um, <laughs> but from a judge perspective, it, a, a teeny bit of feel bad there. You're right. You're right to point that out. So, so maybe a B. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on B. I'm on B. You gotta, you gotta make the player spend money. It's probably going to cause more work than your average infraction for the judge. So, yeah, I'm happy. B. B sounds good. Okay. Next up, we have outside assistance. This is also very easy to explain, easy to understand. And you pointed out to me earlier, this is the only tournament error that a spectator can get, which is novel. Um. Yeah, outside assistance. Don't do that. <laughs> Easy peasy. Um, so you, let's see. I, I think we're not giving this full marks because if a spectator commits the error, there's there's no real way to correct the problem right. because they can't unsay it. Right. So uh, outside assistance is given to the person seeking or giving the the assistance so if i'm if i'm a player and i'm seeking it out it's real easy to give me the 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 match loss and that's what it is it's a match loss if the player commits the error then they get the match loss if a spectator commits the error the game is damaged but you can't penalize the player who gained the information because other otherwise Sama doesn't want me to win, so she just, she just runs up and tells me what my opponent's deck is, and then suddenly I got that information and got him. <laughs> yeah, that's wolf. Right, and I, I do feel like there is a bit of a a bummer to this because yeah, if, if a spectator commits this and it's like I'm gonna penalize this spectator, and they go so, and I go yeah, yeah, I, so like <laughs> so. And then we all just look at each other awkwardly like, yep, you are penalized, and that probably means nothing to you. So one cool thing about outside assistance is it calls out you can have minor strategic information or hints as visual modifications to your card. Okay, so you can have a creature with haste and write, like, attack with me or play me pre-combat on your card, and that's fine. That's not considered— Can you? Yeah. It is it is a visual modification to the card that provides minor strategic information. How do we decide what's minor? Um, basically, if it's if it's a flowchart, like having the words "attack with me" or "play me pre combat" on a creature with haste is y yeah, in the strictest sense, it's strategic, but it's not like super useful because it's always the same information. Or you could do something like uh, if you have a, a card that searches for artifacts and then you get someone to alter it uh, so that the art now has the targets for the search. You know, like if you... Ha That's if, super cool. Yeah, if you alter if you alter a trinket mage. But how do, how do we... Why? Well, here's the thing. It's not really providing you strategic information because it's not telling you, oh, in this situation, based on the given board state, you should really go get card X. Okay. Well, it's I guess just, that's my question: is what would major strategic information look like on an altar? Like a flow chart, you know? Did something the complexity level of hidden card error on a card? 
you know. I suspect there's probably a middle ground that I, I have not yet seen, but would be interested to see about like something people would debate over what what's kind of in the middle. Like imagine a dungeon with with like the branches and stuff like that. If you just had a bunch of like if then statements where it's like, you know, if if opponent has this card, do A, else do B, and then you went down an A and you're like, and if they had this, that's the type of strategic information. You're basically bringing your outside notes into the event, but something minor like attack with me or swing for the fences or play this and win. Or you get you get conversations where people talk about their playmats saying uh, they'll write, concentrate on what you're doing. They'll be like, oh, that's just strategic advice. Cause it, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> that is an argument I have had. Oh, for God's sake. And the judge on. was making it in good faith. I had a very hard time arguing, making counter arguments in good faith because I was just like, bro, friend, pal, bro, yeah, dude, come on now. Uh, so what do we what do we give this one? It's got the cool call out. It's got the neat... what, what 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 did the what did you say the playmat said? It said uh, something along the lines of uh, concentrate on what you're doing or keep your mind in the moment or some sort of message like that. I, I I appreciate the implication that the that the player definitely would not have done that if the if the playmat hadn't said that. Yeah, if oh if the playmat hadn't said that, they would have just gotten up and wandered outside. They'd just been wandering around like an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, likely. Yeah. So goofy. What do we What do we got? Outside assistance is an A. It's this a, is this is a great penalty. It's and it, I I think it's fairly <laughs> it's great. fairly obvious, fairly easy. I don't know. I think it's cool. Yep. All right. Next up, we have slow play, which mm-hmm. <laughs> you've written here vague, but importantly vague. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Is is that comment vague, but importantly vague? I, it is. Slow play is a little vague. It is. And it is a little hard to explain to players. It can create conflict. Oh, um, yeah. However, we, I, I think it's definitely true that none of us are giving this infraction enough. I think, you know, the the more we try to sort of come up with solutions to standardize how long you should wait before, like, giving this infraction, I, I think the, the more challenging it becomes because of all the what-ifs and what-ifs. You, you codify yeah. stalling. If you say you've got 30 seconds to make a play, right? Yeah. then every play I make is going to take 29 seconds. Exactly, yeah. You, I feel like you ought to be able to just slap out a burning rope, like on, like on the, <laughs> whichever, oh, whichever online card game. Yeah, like on Arena. Um, gonorrhea like on arena oh, okay <laughs> on arena i can't talk gonorrhea <laughs> not watsy branded um <laughs> okay but yeah so slow play this one yeah this is very much feel it with your heart but i think that that's inherently problematic so yep. i think we should be giving it out left and right i i feel like i i just make a point to like count to like eight or ten mississippi yeah. If I got to count to eight or ten Mississippi and you're doing nothing, then I, I'm starting to think real hard about giving you slow play. Because if I can come up with some reasonable play before you can, then you're really in trouble because I am not good at magic. <laughs> I uh, I, I went up to a game once, was watching it. The players weren't doing anything. And after a while, I was like, whose turn is it? And why aren't they saying I'm done? And they both pointed at each other because they both thought it was the other player's turn. <laughs> They're just doing Y'all that, both getting slow play. They're just doing that shuffle thing with their hands. They're just like shuffle, 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 shuffle. 
that flicky. Oh my god! I hate Double it. slow play. Yeah. Everyone to jail. So so <laughs> slow play. Slow play is also it's hard to interrupt players. It's hard to know when the when the right time is. And when you give someone slow play, they're gonna get defensive. No, I wasn't. Always. This they're is always important. Upset about yeah, it. it's gonna create an argument. Not all the time, but enough of the time that it's just kind of obnoxious. So I think I think the last time I gave out a slow play was because someone someone I, I sat there and watched someone sideboard for like three solid minutes. Yeah, no. I just sat there and watched them, and they just three straight solid minutes of just looking at sideboard. No, five percent of your match should six percent no. of your match should not be sideboarding. But but it's really important. It's it's going to be a really important play. Every play is a really important play. Well, important it faster. <laughs> All plays are equally important. They're all they're all special and important in our hearts. Now hurry it up. So I don't I, I don't know that we I don't know what what do you think about the grade on this one? I think it's a it's a C. Okay, it's just okay. The reason the things that ding it is we're not giving this fraction enough. It can create conflict. It's a little it's it's a little squishy in the definition. I mean, it's it's squishy in a good way. It's still squishy that keeps it from being like a real swing where it's it's easy for judges to understand, it's easy for players to understand. It's slow, slow play could almost be D tier if HCE didn't exist. Whoa, okay. Whoa. See, I think I think that the this is just short of S. It's it's C, but it could easily be S if we decided that players were not allowed to appeal slow play and were not allowed to argue with us about slow play oh, specifically. That's that's a hard that's a hard that sell right there. S. That would be an S and it would rule. Yeah. Mm. Just for, just for slow play. So in hypothetical land, if we could get rid of the things that are keeping it bad, <laughs> it would be good. Yes. <laughs> that is that, that's the argument okay. for everything in fact. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's, what we got, what we got next? Next up is tardiness. I, I, tardiness used to have my heart a little more. Now, now I I feel it's become a little wishy-washy, but. Really? See, we, we now have this w- with a heart clause that, that, so I think that if you are 0.0001 second late, that you are late and you should get infracted. Apparently, this does not make everyone happy. Apparently, people want leniency and goodwill, and they want to, quote-unquote, have a fun time. Like, please. I, okay, anyway. So, the, the, pers- the person that is rushing to their seat, they're not the person that I'm worried about with respect to tardiness. Like, they're trying. They're putting in an effort. And if they don't make it to their seat on time, but they're trying... Okay, that person's not being super disrespectful with the time of the tournament. The guy that's over in the artist line or in the food line getting getting nachos or a $12 slice of pizza or is outside smoking and not paying attention, like that's the guy, that's the player that this penalty is for, the tardiness penalty is for. See, I feel I feel like unless someone has a, a a disability that makes it challenging for them to get their get to their place on time, I feel like it, the real question is: Do we give people enough time to get to their seats? If the answer is yes, then I feel like the guy running sure. that ends up late is also being disrespectful. Not nearly as much, 
So what, clearly not as disrespectful. What we're talking but... about with the with the heart claws. So tardiness is for the most part when the round starts, the round starts, and if you're not in your seat, you're tardy. Okay. Well, at GPs, we used to because those are big venues, and someone might be coming back from the bathroom, or they were talking to somebody on the other side of the hall, or something like that, and they're rushing to the, they're rushing there. And again, those aren't the people that we want to to penalize. So for GPs, we were kind of telling judges to just like it's it's zero ten. The tardiness policy is zero minutes, but with a heart. So if you see them rushing and it's within like the first minute, and they're and they're 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 making an effort. You just kind of let them let them off, and it's not a game loss. Soft, yeah. You be a little soft, and so what was happening was is that was creating some inconsistencies where someone who was ten seconds late versus twenty seconds versus thirty, you know, might get off, but someone who's thirty five gets the penalty. So we would have this this window where it was really kind of subjective and kind of up to the judge. So what they did was is they give you like one one minute freebie and that's that's it and you know to be honest since they implemented that i haven't had a whole lot of uh issues with it like the the times where i've been able to issue the one minute freebie it's made sense and the times where i've been issuing the game loss because the person's two three four minutes late it made sense so i don't think i'd ever heard the the one freebie rule yeah, it's 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 that, a, that's actually a, that's actually a very good um sort of it's in there right now that that makes me feel good I can I can live with that. So, that one I can live with. Yeah, so the down the downgrade right now is a player who arrives at their seat before 1 minute has elapsed in the round receives a warning. Okay. So that's that's a downgrade and you get yeah, so because this is a uh, a tournament error, the second instance of it, it it gets upgraded to a game loss, right? I so can, you, I can live with that. So you get one free 1 minute warning. And I think that's what elevates tardiness to perfect because it's easy to understand it encourages players not to dirtle it's easy to explain it's got hard limits and it's got that little bit that little bit of fudge built into it for the downgrade that first downgrade where you're not being a hard ass i yeah that actually makes a lot of sense i like that because that that lets me that that gives me the ability to only have a heart once and after that i can just be mean yeah i don't have to have a heart ever again you get one heart no more sam hearts the end. Okay. And I that that I think that's fair. I can live with that. Okay. So what do we give what do we give tardiness? As it's written, yeah, I, I think it deserves an S then. S tier. Okay. S tier. Awesome. That is our second S tier. Uh looking at extra cards. Yeah. Or maybe your hidden card error. Well, I gotta count that. <laughs> that's fair. We'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. Next up is aggressive behavior. Um Wolf. Yeah. Uh, we are now into unsporting conduct. Most unsporting indeed. Yes. Okay, so aggressive aggressive behavior. A player acts in a threatening way towards others or properties. That's pretty easy to explain. Pretty easy to understand. Okay, really easy to identify, right? You know, I'm going to hit you. Okay, that's aggressive behavior. I'll that see you. a little aggressive. I'll see you in the parking lot. That's aggressive behavior. Flipping the table, flipping the table over. That's aggressive behavior. Okay, so easy to explain to judges. Really easy for judges to identify. L- if your opponent, if your opponent is a bear and you just get really large, they're going to interpret that as aggression and then they're going to run away. Oh, is that the way that works? No, but yeah, don't uh, listen to my advice on that. But. I mean, re- realistically, like I just spew ink and run away. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. So, well, what? what run away? Yeah, I don't, I don't Have know. you ever seen anything that spews ink run like with feet? Oh no! It was like squids. Okay, wait a minute. Squids, squids That's run horrible. away, even though they they, they ink jet away. Shh, it's fine. They need okay. some shoes. They need so, some Jordans. So aggressive aggressive behaviors also got the got some problems because we we as judges we're not really trained in de escalation, and if someone's being aggressive, we kind of gotta get in there. We kind of gotta get in there to some degree and try and de escalate the situation. And maybe we ought to be trained. Maybe we ought to do more training in de-escalation because, yeah, I don't know that it's my forte. I, I tend to be like, well, don't no, instead. We've already established that you have no heart. So you'll just like. I have one heart. I have one heart to give and yeah. All right. second time, no. Yeah, well, you already used it on a tardiness and so now you don't have it. For oh, yeah, we're out of hearts now. Yeah. yeah so this is <laughs> this is going to be like a in a in a perfect world. The player, like, does their thing and then they leave because you can give this penalty while the player is not there. Okay, the, fi- the fix is DQ, right? Clearly. Right. Clearly, none of that is acceptable. But, like, interacting with someone who is aggressive is, you, you got to have a plan when you, when you get involved and you got to form it quick. Okay, get the get the TO, try and try and get the person's attention onto you, but not the bad sort of attention. This, this is one where, in a particular situation, you can be putting yourself into into danger. But hey, that's right. why I, you're getting paid that box of cards, right? Right. So I, I, you know, I like to joke around and be goofy about a lot of this stuff. But in in all seriousness, I think that the few times I've I've really run into this, my I have never really. I don't think I have ever really been the target of the aggression. So the the times I've had to sort of intervene with this, I've tended to try to put myself, yeah, just between the. Uh, aggressor and and whoever it is their anger is aimed at so that that person can like get out of their sight and mm-hmm. they can focus on me because and and this may be something that like I I don't know that this works for everybody cuz you know being being a lady a lot of guys you know the big angry burly magic player guys are are going to typically are, are going to hesitate a little more to just wail on me just to throw a punch but <laughs> I'm not saying they won't, but, like, you can definitely see the, like, fear and hesitation when I stand between them and the person they probably want to hit. Like, but don't don't put yourself no. in danger. Get get people involved to help. So this can, can go a few ways. It could be, like, what do, you, what do you think? It could be, like, an A or a B. I think because because this... I, I think a B because we, we are... We are here sort of being required to de-escalate with no de-escalation training specifically. And I think that that is a problem that probably ought to be addressed a little better. But I think the intention here is quite good. So I I think it'd be. I think it's good and just needs a little polish. Yeah. Yeah. And and if if someone's being super aggressive, you know, call the police. That's the thing. It's not written in policy, but do it. No way. Yeah, and no uh, and we and, settle fights here. <laughs> yeah, and the the organizer should get that organizer involved because you don't have as much authority as you want to have in this situation. You need to get the person that's in charge of the space. Right. Honestly, like you as a judge have as much authority as the person you're talking to believes that you have. <laughs> and if the answer is zero, go get the to because they're probably right. So go get the to. All right. So we're gonna give this a B. I think All it's right. A B. All right, uh, what's next? All right, bribery and wagering. So you made some good points on this earlier when we were chatting about it. Matt, this is this is a match loss, which becomes a subtle DQ based on 
when the timing of bribery is most likely to occur, which is later in the tournament. Yeah. Typically the I, last round of Swiss. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you before you make the cut. And I was saying that earlier tonight that I thought I, I kinda miss when it was just like a blanket DQ, too bad. D, DQ too bad. And you pointed out, well, it, it basically kind of ends up being the same thing, but without sounding and, and feeling so severe. And I think that that actually puts a bit of style and finesse on it. So I, I think that's pretty yeah. good. And, and keep keep in mind, this is the way bribery and wagering is is written is if you don't know that it's a problem. Like if you do know it's a problem, it's cheating. We're kind of in a situation where, and we'll say like, at your smaller competitive events and may even at FNM because the, the jar kind of tends to follow the IPG in terms of, in terms of philosophy on several things. If I don't know, I can say something like, Hey, um, I really want the promo, like that special FNM card that we were given, you know, I want to, I want that. So I'll let you win. If I get that, that's bribery. Bribery. Okay. But I didn't know. You know, so yeah, I get the match loss. It sucks, but I'm not disqualified from the event. Now, if I know that I'm not allowed to do it, then I'm cheating. Trying to determine whether someone knows or not is a little tricky sometimes. If they've been around for a while, they know. Right. And you can if, just if be you're like, like, you're no spring chicken, but well, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard not to know when we make announcements. That's one of the reasons why making announcements at the beginning of your events is or towards the end of the rounds of Swiss, why it's so important. I Yeah, this is one of those things I always announce as we get closer to closer to, to rounds in which people might be tempted to do this. Make announcements, even if you sound repetitive, even if you sound... Just just do it. Make the announcements. So that way it's it's much more difficult for people to say, I didn't know because you've, you've told them 10 times, you know? Yeah. It puts all the risk on the offerer. So if I if I make the bribery offer... I'm the one putting myself at risk. So about two years ago, it was if I made an offer and you didn't call for a judge immediately, then we would both be disqualified. And at that point, no, nobody felt good about that, right? It was a little harsh. It, it, it did seem that way. So this would have been like D tier if that had still been the case. But this puts all the risk on the person making the offer. And because it's illegal, you can call the judge and be like, he just made me an offer. They just made me an offer. They get their match loss, and you uh, you won. And so I, I think we I think one of the big problems with this though is that we we have basically exceptions to the bribery policy where we allow this in the finals. Yeah. And and I I I struggle to understand why we don't make this just a blanket policy. But I mean I I, I know what it achieves, but I feel like if we're going to act like it's bad once, we should act like it's bad all the time. Yeah. So in the in the bribery section, it specifically calls out. It is not bribery when players in the announced last round of the single elimination portion of a tournament agree to a winner and how to divide the subsequent tournament prizes. In that case, one of the uh, one of the players at each table must agree to drop from the tournaments, players receiving the prizes according to their final ranking. Yeah, so that's basically saying it is bribery, but it's not like capital B bribery for our intents and purposes. Well, I, I don't like... It's a rule unless everyone doesn't like that it's a rule, and then we can do it. Like, well... No, it's... All right? <laughs> I mean, there's some reason, because it's it's the last round of the single elimination portion of the tournament. You're not affecting any other match. It's just this match is it. It's the, the end of the line. But 
you're saying we get to agree how to divide the subsequent tournament prizes. So it's like I get the, you know, this is this is back from the old PTQ days where winning winning a PTQ would get you uh, an invite to the Pro Tour. So you could say like, I want the invite, you want the packs. Okay, well, the person who gets the invite has to be the winner. So the person who gets the packs has to drop from the tournament. I mean, that's 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 bribery. But it's but it's not because it's in the MTR and defined as not. So you know, it is bribery. It's just bribery we've decided we don't care yeah, about. It's for, bribery for that's fine. Reasons bribery that's fine. Um, and the wagering the wagering part of this infraction is just a mess. Like it is kind of a mess. It is it is kind of a mess. So this has caused a lot of arguments between judges in in my entire judge career. Yeah. So I think the bribery parts are good in terms of putting all the risk on the offer and the the penalty being a match loss if they don't know or cheating if they do know. Like that kind of elevates it pretty high, but then the wagering stuff kind of drags it down. Especially when you see like official Watsi accounts kind of doing things that kind of look wagering-ish. But but it's fine. It's fine. Well, this, this gets back into the have a heart argument of like, where I, I have judges post these questions to be like, well, yeah, they, they bet on the outcome, but they're married and they're driving home together. And it was just a joke. And it's like, are we going to enforce this or not? Like, yeah, tough. <laughs> yep. So the bribery portion's good. The wagering portion's weak. Where do we end up on this? Um, I think it's a B. Yeah, I can go with B. Meh. Yeah, it's good. But, you know, could be better. All right. Speaking of better. Yes. Let's get into the fun stuff. Cheating. Cheating. Cheater, cheater. Um, fairly simple test. Did they do the wrong thing? Did they do the wrong thing on purpose to gain an advantage? Yep. Uh-oh. Did they know the thing was wrong? Right. Easy enough. Yep. So I think I, cheating, cheating is elegant. I think it is what it is. I think it's an S. Straightforward. Yeah. It's easy to understand. It's easy to explain now the player might not agree with your conclusion but that's a different conversation this is it's very easy to explain to the player why you thought that they why you feel that they are cheating right they may not agree but you can you can generally be like well this is how i came to this conclusion with logical steps a through z and they can be like well i i don't agree but there there it is that i i see why you think that you know if they're being reasonable or they might just get angry but but (laughs) Yep. You know, the definition is both subjective but clear in its subjectiveness. I mean, you know, a person breaks a rule, so they do they do a wrong thing, okay, and does not call attention to it, and then the player is attempting to gain an advantage from their action, and the player must be aware that what that they are doing something illegal. While those are kind of subjective statements, they're also really super clear and super direct. If only they could all aspire. If only all the infractions could aspire to cheating. <laughs> HCE wishes it was cheating. It wishes. It wishes. Next up, we have well, improperly... Hold on, we didn't say we didn't give it a level. I did. I, oh, did st- I, I did. I came right oh. out. It's an S. We love it. I it love is. it. <laughs> it is. It's an S. Okay. It's an S. Next up, we have improperly determining a winner. Basically, all the good stuff from bribery and none of the bad stuff from wagering. Yeah. Don't roll a dice. Don't flip a coin. Don't play a game of Yu-Gi-Oh! to determine a match of Magic the Gathering. It's a match loss which is a subtle DQ in the in the right spots. If they know that it's illegal and they do it anyway, it goes into cheating, which is our S tier catch all. S tier. Yes. So this thing is it it doesn't have the the clause in it about 
I offer to roll a die or play a Yu-Gi-Oh game. Uh, and Sama doesn't say no right away, so Sama also gets the match loss. That whole thing is gone. So this thing is pretty good, pretty clear. Pretty good. Uh, what do we give it? I give it an A. It doesn't yeah. have all the, the elegance of cheating, but it, it's it's doing some work. It's doing good things. Right. Yeah. Although I feel like... I feel like if somebody offers to play a Yu-Gi-Oh game with you to determine a winner for a magic tournament and you don't say no, that you should be penalized. I think just offering to play a game, just considering playing a game of Yu-Gi-Oh should get you penalized. Absolutely. Penalized right away. Next up is an infraction that I've never given. I've never given. Penalty I've never given, rather. Yeah, stalling. It's a penalty I long to give and just never can. This one is, so the definition is a player intentionally plays slowly in order to take advantage of the time limit. If the slow play is not intentional, please refer to tournament error slow play. So basically, on the surface, stalling and slow play look identical. It's intent that determines whether or not it's cheating or not. And it, yeah, it can be real hard to prove intent on something like noodling around. We already don't give slow play. We don't, we don't give that enough. So... It's basically the intentional version of a penalty that we already underuse. Right. This is, this is a unicorn of a penalty. I dream of giving out a stalling penalty, and it just never happens. It just yeah. always eludes my grasp. So this one is because it's hard to prove, because judges are reluctant to pull the trigger, because it is hard to prove, it's hard to actually tell that the, the conditions are met. I'm going to say D. Yeah. This is D. D for dream crushing. <laughs> D for dirtling, because that's what you were doing <laughs> when you should have been playing. Dirtling with intent. <laughs> dirtling with intent. Next up, we have a, a cult classic here. Theft of tournament material. So here's another thing that's real hard to enforce. Um, it's always It's always the 420 and the 69 table numbers. It always is. You know it is. I know it is. They're always gone. This is another one that, that we have written here in the comments about maybe call the police. I, I disagree. I don't know. I don't call the police for You don't anything. think you should call the police on the theft? Never. No? No cops. I don't, never mind. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's so, a different conversation. So this is, this is hard because theft tournament materials, I mean, we're not just talking like stupid table numbers, but someone could also steal a player's deck. Okay. And as judges, like, we want to do things right. We want to do things correct. We want to get that player back their decks, but we can't, like, seize backpacks and search players and stuff like that. We really can't do that. We can just, you know, we're almost doing, like, a police investigation, and... I feel like I feel like I don't have the authority to do much about this, and I don't feel like I have the time, I guess. Well, I mean, not that I don't care. Like, if, if somebody steals your deck, that's horrible, and I, I wish I could do something about it, but, like... If it, chances are you probably don't know who did it. If you do know who did it, it's what by what authority do I have to force them to open their backpack or anything? I really don't. So I, I don't know what to do here to help. To be completely honest, I don't think this is really. I don't think this really should be a judge problem. To be completely honest. But at the same time, if they steal something, you want them out of your event. But well, yeah, a good, this a good way to get them out of the event is to have the tournament organizer or the store owner ban them for life. <laughs> And you still want, you want it to be more than just the store owner. Like if they steal something, you want, you do want that to go 
into into Watsy's big black void of whatever they do to determine whether or not they suspend players, which might be the reason why this still exists as a penalty. Because you're right, it should be completely the TO, law enforcement, stuff like that, if things get installed. But I guess we need something in the IPG just to notify wizards that they might want to consider suspending this person. Yeah, I, this, I think this is but, more for But other, otherwise, it's just paperwork. it's just all all the way awful around. Like, you know, what are you, you, you going to do? Right, if I go up to someone, I'm like, hey, do you have this guy's... Open your backpack, do you have this guy's deck? And they go, I'm not going to open my backpack. Well, Got I me. tried. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. <laughs> no, there, there was one wonderful... I have actually given this infraction out. I have DQ'd someone for theft of tournament materials. Did it they was... have a backpack full of 69 No, numbers? it was absolutely amazing. What happened was, I'm going to give the super abbreviated version. Player goes into the bathroom with their deck box. Round gets called. They can hear it over the speaker. They run out of the bathroom without their deck box. Sit down to start playing. Can't find their stuff. Meanwhile, and this is on camera outside the bathroom, player... Okay, walks into the bathroom, and then two minutes later walks out carrying the deck box. Now, because it was a grainy video, we couldn't we couldn't tell the person's face. Fortunately, they were wearing a hockey jersey with their name on the back, <laughs> so we got a nice big old name. These are smart, and and we got to DQ that person after they you know they'd already left the event. We got to DQ. Oh, cool story. We actually got the cards back to the player. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a real win. That and that almost never happens. That's so good. So positive, positive ending. Love it. You can talk to Billy Willie. He was actually at that event and can fill in a little more of the the, the fun, juicy details around that. Oh, I but, bet there 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 are always juicy details about your all's like Florida <laughs> tournament judge days. Like overall, I think this this infraction. Uh, despite feel goods when you're able to get things back to players, I think it's I think it's a D. It's a little too policey than than typical judge work should be. Right. Like it, I don't it, I don't want to be the police. I don't want to involve the police. I want nothing police like occurring anywhere near yeah. me or my event. And frankly, I just this is something I really just don't have a lot of ability to do anything about. So yeah, hard hard yeah. D on this one. <laughs> All right. Next up. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be talking about, I guess, two infractions, you know, in the episode on a high note. You know, we're going to talk about the fun infractions of USC minor and USC major. More more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Okay, so US, USC minor is the infraction that, that we give when a player does something that is, I'll say, obnoxious. Uh, the actual penalty itself says player takes an action that is disruptive to the tournament or its participants. This may affect the comfort level of those around the individual, but determining whether that is the case is not required. Okay, so that's that sentence right there is a toolbox that we can use to do things, but it's also really vague. Anything you do at a tournament may affect the comfort level of those around you, or can be seen as disruptive. You know, like... I just show up uncomfortable and disruptive sometimes, you know? I mean, these things happen. Yeah. Have a bad day. <laughs> Like, not filling out your deck list properly and the judge has to give you a penalty. That's disruptive. We don't double tag team you with penalties. It's like, 
Here's your deck list problem, and you get USC minor for making me give you the deck list problem. Um, One time I was late to my judge shift because I fell asleep in the bathroom. That was both disruptive and uncomfortable. I probably should have gotten a USC minor even as a judge. Funny. Do you remember who your lead was for that particular event? Oh, God, was it you? (laughs) It was me. It was me. You were late and came in with with that story. Either that or you've used that story on multiple leads. Okay, well, to be honest, though, I have done it twice. <laughs> okay. You, you might have been the first, but I, I have done that. A, I, I've done it a second time, but, <laughs> but I was never lying about it. I, you know, okay, I'm I'm more of a night owl. Matt is more of a of a morning person, so he drags me into these event halls at six in the morning. I I go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's quiet in there. I fall asleep. <laughs> these things happen. All right. Okay. But but to, but to the point of the USC minor, um. Yeah, I, I, the leeway is a good thing because if you get too rigid with it, it you know people start inventing new and innovative ways to be irritating and go, well, it doesn't say that. And oh my God, nobody wants to have that conversation. But I guess you run the risk of making up things to be that nobody might actually ever be offended at. So it it is easy to to come up with ways that people could potentially in very specific circumstances be offended by just about anything. So just be careful how you wield it. Use your judgment. You're a judge. When it says it may affect the comfort level of those around the individual, but determining whether that's the case, that's, yeah, you can construct a person that is going to be discomforted by whatever is done. And it says like, hey, you don't got to determine if that's the case realistically what that sentence is there for is so that if you go up to a player and you're like, hey, I need you to stop doing this. This isn't cool. And they're like, show me a person that's got a problem with it. That sentence is in there so you can say, I don't got to. It's not so you can just construct a fictitious individual and and use them. It'll, yeah, she'll do, it, it shields you somewhat from be, having to be like, so Mike over there is offended. Please don't shank him in the parking lot. Yes. So USC minor, however, is also probably one of the more underused penalties as well. Like because that's probably true. You are creating a conflict, not necessarily creating a conflict. You're creating the potential for a conflict when you walk up to a player. So a judge, you're kind of incentivized to just look the other way. You know, it's like, oh, it wasn't so bad or convince yourself that it wasn't so bad, because if it is that bad and you've got to step in, then you're going to be raising, potentially raising the tension of a, of a situation. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still step in. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense to jump in there a little bit and see, yeah. you know. But there's make also... Sure, make sure things are all right. But there's also people that, like, wield this thing like a cudgel as well. <laughs> so... The, the, yeah, this this has a bit of a spectrum of enforcement. The people that <laughs> I pretend I do not see it and the people that, that yeah, are, are willing to go super hard on this particular infraction. USC minor and USC major, it's kind of funny. Like in practice, I don't think the penalty gets applied correctly by people actually giving the infraction. I think people tend to look the other way when in person. On Facebook, though, they swing way the other way and they're giving minors and majors just for anything and everything shooting those miners out of a t-shirt cannon you get a usc <laughs> you get a usc everyone getting a usc well actually that's that's kind of cool so what, what 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 tier do we put this in for 
t-shirt cannon USC minor. The the absolute chaotic nature of the way this is enforced. Um, it's a good. I think it's a good penalty, but to have. Um, but it could probably use a rewrite. Could probably use a little updating. And and yeah, the the wild chaotic nature of the way this is enforced. Um, I give it a B. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it is. It's heart's in the right place. It probably needs to tighten up on the on the languages a little bit. And judges, you need to you need to Goldilocks this. You don't want to be too hot. You don't want to be too cold. You want to be just right. Just right. All right. I feel like a lot of what we we just said is going to apply to this one, too. This is the more intense version. Yes, the USC major. So, woof. Um, so this is for when things get, get quite a bit worse. Not just irritating, but things that we, we start looking at words like harassed, threatened, bullied, stalked so those that's a step up from obnoxious it uh, it's a little bit more than obnoxious um and i think part of that does make it a little easier in some ways to spot like i Mm -hmm. i i as long as it as long as the case you're interacting with sticks very much to major as it is written like i i typically I, i can look at a harassment a threatening, a bullied, a stalked situation, and, and know that that's what it is. I do find that there, the more nuanced a situation gets, the less I feel like I have any idea what to, if it is appropriate to, for me to swing in with this, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's looking looking at the examples should give you kind of like a good scope of what we're what we're talking about. Uh, a player purposely obstructs another player with the intent of inducing physical contact, like trying to rub up against a person yeah. in the aisle between the tables. That's kind of that's the level that we're talking about. Or they use a racial slur against their opponent. <gasps> right. Those, oh those are those are pretty bright beacons of of badness. Oh, How- you know what? I'm seeing a spectator uses social media to bully another player. Yeah, I'm. I might do that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wouldn't. And yeah, so so at what point do we decide being unkind to someone on social media is bullying? Because uh, if I got to start being nice to people on social media, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I. I mean, if we're gonna get like, <laughs> if we're gonna get like heavy about something, bullying is repeated behavior. So like a single snide comment isn't repeated behavior. Yeah, if it, if it's repeated and targeted, that's probably a good. Right. Like just being just being a complete jerk about one comment is eh, not great, but this is this is where you're going to start getting into the interpretation of the words and and there is going to be this spectrum and I think that's where a lot of the squishiness in this particular infraction comes because what's going to happen is is you're going to not like a thing, like a player does a thing, you don't like it and that might color your approach to the infraction like if you come at them thinking it's going to be like a punishment or something like that you're going to tend to be a little harsher than if you're coming at it as a teaching moment right because the purpose of an infraction is education and yeah anything that feels confrontational like these types of penalties can be super awkward i think i'm always a little afraid like i'm gonna walk hear something awful walk up and be like yo you cannot say that and then be like, uh, we're best friends. We say that all the time. And then I'm going to feel like an idiot. But 
you know, people around them could yeah. have heard. So it does matter to enforce this stuff. You gotta, yeah. gotta stay on it, even if you feel like someone ought to like crook you off the stage. And this again, like USC minor, this has the problem that it is in practice, it is probably underused. And on Facebook or conferences, it is probably overused. Well, I can think of hypothetical terrible people all day. Oh, yeah. And much like looking at a, a marked cards, uh, much like looking at sleeves where you start to eventually you start to find a pattern, you can kind of start with any old obnoxious behavior. And if you just stare at it and t- turn it over long enough, you can fit just about anything into the harassed category of those power words. Okay, but I guess the the flip side of that is if you're obnoxious enough, eventually it is harassment to be that obnoxious. It it can eventually become that that obnoxious to where you are harassing someone. So don't do it. With USC minor, uh, if you're obnoxious once, okay, you get you get the warning. The obnoxious uh, second time, it gets upgraded to USC major. Some in the middle, like oh, US, I'm sorry, USC minor. It used to be upgraded to USC Major back when USC Major was a game loss. Okay, now that USC Major is a match loss, the USC Minor just gets upgraded to a game loss. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that was that was me showing my age. <laughs> no, yeah, the, and I think that definitely makes sense that they they changed it to that because I'm thinking like any of these things they list as major, I, I think a match loss is probably much more appropriate because. Imagine, imagine someone says a, a slur and you still have to sit there, like, and they've just lost a game, like. Right, they could still win the match. Right, and and they, you just have to sit there, like, with them being mad and weird, like, oh my god, absolutely not, get them away, yeah. It's, oof. So yeah, yeah I, I think that makes sense. So I had I had an infraction, um, and I might have told this this story on the air before, but I was head judge of one. Star City event, and this was years and years and years ago when USC Major was a game loss. So this is before they reworked it and made it a match loss. And Dr. Doctor Clues, Dr. Science, comes up and tells me that there's a player uh, insulting his opponent and using racial slurs. Oh my god. So I pulled the opponent aside and talked to them, and he's trying real hard. He doesn't want to cause a scene. He doesn't want to cause a fuss, but you can tell that he's really, really unhappy. So I find out, I confirm that this stuff's happening, and I pull the other player aside, and I'm asking about stuff, and then he lies to me about what's going on in the match. So it's immediately going to be a TQ. So now you're racist and a liar. (laughs) Yeah. Now... Here's the here's the thing. So I end up end up DQing him for lying to me, and it's just kind of weird because he's taking it that I'm DQing him for being racist, which is puts me in the situation of it's like, well, no, actually I'm DQing you because you're lying about being racist. <laughs> um, we we can stack these up all day. We can yeah. We can, this is this is all kind of these weird. are multiple life sentences, my friend. Yeah. Let's keep going now. Here's the here's the positive end to that. So this player ended up getting, I want to say, a, th- a six-month suspension. Okay. And then, or maybe it was three months, but I'm at an event like two months later, and I see the exact same player oh, great. in the event, like before his suspension is supposed to be over. And I get on the my my messaging with uh, with the head of the investigation committee at the time, 
and I'm like, what is this? This player is not suspended. What happens? And he goes, uh, yeah, the guy enrolled in an anger management class and took an oh. eight week course and submitted paperwork with like a signed from the, the person that administrated it. And then I went and talked to the guy and he told me that that particular event made him realize that he was being a <laughs> got to write down the time for that. <laughs> um, he was being a bad person and he decided to get his life together. So that positive. That is an unexpectedly happy ending to that I know, story. I'll be darned. It? Wasn't it? That's very yeah. proactive of him. Right. So uh, USC major gets a B because of happy endings then, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. All right. These both USC minor and USC major would both be S tier if we if they were applied correctly, right? And I think that's something that we as a community can work on together. Just yeah, yeah. It could probably use some updates and some polishing as a policy, and maybe that's something that we just all need to work on together to get it figured out. Yeah. To to paraphrase Kevin Smith, these infractions would be great if it weren't for the F and judges. <laughs> you know, just again, too hot, too cold. There's. <laughs> Very, very, it seems very seldom that there's a just right. Very nuanced. Very yep. nuanced indeed. All right. Sometimes. All right. Is there anything you want to say about this uh, This episode? Was this fun? Tears? Yeah, I enjoyed doing the tears. This was fun. I, I like the occasional goofy content. Yeah. And Serious matters too, but I, I think it is. Yeah, hopefully we threaded one. the needle correctly on this. But So when I suggested this idea, I really thought it was going to be like a 40 minute episode. We've been talking for two hours. <laughs> yeah, and and a, a a half an hour before that, right? So we're so chatty. We're uh, chatty people. Yeah, bunch of chatty Cathys in here. Well, right. I I think this was a great topic though. I I like doing tier lists because it it makes me get to feel like my goofy opinions on things are are very objective. <laughs> and if you ever need goofy opinions, man, I got plenty. All right, so. You want to take us out? All right, folks, that is our episode. Join us next time when we talk about a topic that will be decided upon. (laughs) Maybe we will, all right? Maybe one day. Until then, you can send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at judgecast. Till next time, I'm Samantha Har and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prilliman and I keep asserting that Hidden Carter is D tier. Hmm.